0: Okay, let's get started. Welcome. How great leaders communicate. This is one of the number one things that I see that get in the way of productivity, building trust, closing more business, developing an engaged team, empowering your people to keep them motivated and accountable, especially if they're remote. So what you'll find today is I'm actually going to be sharing less slides with you today and actually more of giving you from my heart where the language is coming from, so you can become a great leader without having to constantly worry about talk tracks. So today we're gonna be working on not only the inner game of leadership and communication, but also the outer game of leadership and communication. So where we are right now is let's go ahead and uh, outline some of the things that we'll be working on today. Number one, develop a happy, motivated sales champions by becoming a strategic communicator. Number two, develop the unconditional confidence of a manager when they have to make difficult decisions and conversations. What are the five critical conversations that you can master to achieve your sales goals and improve performance with a remote team. And what if you can do this, and, I, and I'm and i going to suspend judgment on this, is what if you can build deeper accountability, engagement, adoption, and trust around coaching in one conversation? Because this is about making coaching your competitive edge. So not only though, I'm finding that managers struggle motivating people during good times, they actually struggle motivating people in difficult times. So these are just several of the learning objectives that we're we'll working on. And let's go ahead and dive right in to uh, our conversations for today. First of all, where do you find a hundred percent alignment among your team, among your customers and among your partners? What conversations do you struggle with or avoid? self-reflect on this? And how do you create buy-in with people? These are all the questions that we as leaders struggle with. Oh, and by the way, please keep posting your comments on the side because I'd like to tackle them as we go through the program as well as at the end. So here's something that might uh, come as a surprise for you. 85% of your financial success is due to your ability to communicate, negotiate, and lead. Shockingly, only 15% is due to technical knowledge. So let's look at the cost of what poor communication and how it can impact us. Number one, 86% of employees cite the lack of effective communication and collaboration as the main cause of workplace failures. Gallup reported that 73% managers feel unequipped to do their job. 97% of employees feel poor communication impacts their productivity, their mood, and their goals. Conversely, a McKinsey study showed that 76% of business leaders report that good communication increases productivity by 5x. Turnover among sales positions are are the highest they've been ever. As a matter of fact, uh, if you look here, turnover is uh, as a result of what's going on in the marketplace today. Okay, A turnover among sales professionals has gone up by thirty-nine percent, and in the tech world, sixty-seven percent. The leading cause: the manager. And we've all heard the expression: "People don't leave companies; they leave the manager." I'd like to add to that: What if people don't leave companies; they leave the manager because they're not effective communicators and create the environment trust and engagement that their people want and need most. And finally, uh, the final report is 92% report. Their manager is the main reason for staying or leaving based on how they feel. Now, what is the conduit to how making, how we make people feel our communication. So before we move into this, I think we need to take a minute and just even the playing field here. What is the definition of coaching? Without giving you a long academic definition, the definition of coaching is the art and language of creating new possibilities. When people are coming to you, it's always about them. When you go to them, you have an agenda. So when people are coming to you and they're sharing a challenge or a problem, great leaders lead with questions, not answers to create new possibilities. Now let's take a look at this. The universal of enrollment, how leaders create alignment, buy-in, trust, engagement, reset relationships. The same definition, the art and language of creating new possibilities. So what conversations do you struggle with? I actually took a moment here and over the years, I would take snapshots of the uh, flip charts when we would do exercises with the leadership teams. And some of the exercises would include uh, where are your biggest challenges? Uh, What would you like to work on? Um, Where do you struggle most? and i know it might be difficult for you to read these because i have about uh eight different uh flip charts here but what i've done is i've highlighted in the next slide here uh what exactly we'll be working on so if i could just point some things out here look at what some of these leaders leaders said trust poor execution Bad attitude, perspective, accountability. How do you motivate people, especially in difficult times? How do you build or rebuild trust? These are the conversations that rose to the top and exactly what we'll be focusing on today. So let's keep going. Before we move into the strategic part, I would like to spend some time talking about the inner game of masterful communication, because if we don't focus on the inner game first, what comes out of our mouth and how we present ourselves and how we show up will not be the way we want to. So there are three core factors when it comes down to the inner game of masterful communication. Number one, your confidence to deliver the message. Number two, what assumptions and fears might be getting in the way that might sabotage your communication. And finally, this might become as a shock to you, but you can't be an extraordinary communicator and sales leader if you're not present and living in the moment. Now, just to clarify there, I think we would all agree that we physically exist in the moment but I'm talking about the three points of time, past, present, future. I want you to think about where you live for a moment and we'll unpack that a little later more. So we need this foundation because beliefs precede experience. So how good are you at building the unconditional confidence of a champion? How good are you at maintaining a high level of self-worth and belief in yourself. Well, my friends, what if I have told you that for your entire life, you've been lied to? That's right, you have been lied to. Uh, We have been working off our entire life a faulty definition of what it takes to build your confidence. And we have positioned our confidence in a way where it is not unconditional, but conditional. In other words, when I hit my goal, I'll be confident. When uh, I get that promotion, I'll be confident. Once I achieve that result, I'll be confident. Once I close this one deal, I'll be confident. Okay, so let's play this out a little bit. Here you are. Results, confidence. Okay, you close a deal. What happens to your confidence? It goes up. Your confidence rises. You're feeling really good about yourself, believing in yourself and what you can do. Next appointment, bang, you close a deal. Confidence goes up. Uh oh, you can. You just found out that you just lost another sale. What happens to your confidence? It drops, your confidence drops. You're not feeling as confident and as sure of yourself and your abilities anymore. So the next opportunity, because of that, you show up that way and you lose another opportunity, which is impacting your results. My friends, what I want for you is detach confidence with results. They have no more relationship. Confidence is one thing. Results is another. Okay, but we have tendency to collapse this and define our self-worth by what we achieve, what we have, what we do, what we amass. That is a roller coaster ride and you are surrendering your internal power to external situations and circumstances. So given that this is the inner game and this is not a go do, but a go be, I want you to try this on. What if you're confident because you're confident? That's it. One of my favorite quotes is by a a Persian philosopher by the name of Hafez. And the quote reads, I am happy before I have a reason. That insinuates choice rather than allowing external situations to dictate your internal condition. So what if the new definition of confidence is I am confident because I'm confident. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to strive for greatness and become the, the best version of yourself. But it's distinct to who you are and how you feel. Okay? So I want you to consider this. I want you to consider, and I'm looking right at you in the eye. Okay? I haven't mastered looking at 500 people in the eye. But hear me when I say this. You have already proven yourself. I know that's going to take a few minutes, if not longer to sink in because there's a whole bunch of butts after that. You have proven yourself. Everything else you achieve is distinct from your self-worth and you will continue to strive to achieve bigger and greater goals. That's how you build the unconditional confidence of a champion by making it a choice rather than a condition. So let's consider for a second, if you don't have the confidence, you're not gonna have the self-worth assurance to be able to approach what you might perceive as a difficult conversation. All right, let's keep going. Ooh, two of my favorite subjects, assumptions and fear. Now, wait a second. Why would I combine assumptions and fear together. Well, let's, let's take a look at this for a moment. Who do you see when you look at your manager, your customer, and your co workers? Okay, chances are, what happens is this, if you just adopted or uh, have been uh, given a new manager, whether it's a role change, or you've been promoted. The manager you just had might be a tyrant. Doesn't provide support. First to throw someone under the pit, the performance improvement plan. And this is your experience with this manager. Okay. Well, now you get promoted and you have a new manager. Well, think about the assumptions you might be making. Well, the last manager acted this way. So I'm assuming this manager will be the same way. And then we wonder what managers wonder why three quarters of their people, if not more, are open to coaching, but maybe one or two are not. And it's because the manager didn't take the time to go deeper to understand the why. So, if you think about it, assumptions and fear drive thinking and behavior that will create the same results again and again. And by the way, assumptions, fear, they're cousins, okay? Think about it. What defines an assumption? It's a belief you perceive the current truth based on a past experience that you then project as an anticipated factual, mostly negative outcome in similar situations. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy based on fear. Well, the last time I spoke to Jay, that conversation did not go well. It looks like I have another appointment to speak to Jay today. I already know what's gonna happen. It's not going to go well. Well, what did I just do? Past experience, projected future expectation is an assumption. You know what fear is? Past experience, future negative expectation. When I was younger, you may know people like this, I was bitten by a dog. Past experience, future negative expectation. I don't want that to happen again, so I'll avoid it based on fear. Assumptions and fear are your biggest nemesis that's why we're focusing on the communication of world-class leaders so i want to get a little cerebral on you now because the third thing i shared about the inner game of leadership and how great managers communicate has often nothing to do with the language they use which we'll get to but how they are in terms of their inner game and how good are they at being present. So I mentioned earlier, and again, um, I'm not disputing the fact that we all physically exist in the moment, but I want you to continue. I want you to consider where you're living in your mind. I will challenge you and say 95% of your waking hours, you're living in the future, Feel free to push back. Now, why is this? Because my friends, you are living in a global epidemic. This is a universal conundrum. Your company is result driven. Every company is result driven. So think about this past, present, future. If we're driving towards result, what does the result or the goal of the quota live? It lives in the future well because of that and because you have a target on your back you're always focused on what's next the next deal the um the next opportunity okay versus focusing on what's now now most of the time when it comes to leaders and sales professionals they're less about living in the past and more about living in the future because if you're living in the past it sounds like regret like oh, if only I invested in stock when it first went public, oh my gosh, I'd have so much more money in my portfolio. Oh, sounds like regret, okay? But now what we do, think about it. We project to the future. That's where we live. Once I hit my quota, once I, once I make our numbers, oh, then I'll be happy. For how long? A minute? Five minutes? An hour? And then the counter resets to zero. So again, that's conditional. Once I, then I will be happy. Once I get the new tour, uh, uh, toy, the new car, the, new, the promotion, lose weight, find my soulmate, get that house, move to the perfect location, change jobs. Oh, then I'll be happy. You know what that's called? Sad because we're surrendering our internal power to things we have no control of. So I want you to think what else looks in the future, your quota, your agenda, your expectations, your assumptions, your fears, and I use them synonymous, worry or concerns. They all happen in the future. One of my favorite quotes is, why worry? Why worry about the things you can't control because you can't control them? And why worry about the things you can control because you can control them? So why worry? Now, looking at this chart, what is missing? Of course, the present, the now. And we are so conditioned to always focus on what's next. It is exceedingly difficult especially when we're pulled in so many directions to focus on what's now. So let's do a quick self-assessment. Coaching and enrollment is the art of creating possibility. The greatest skill that you can offer is the ability to, the gift of listening and asking questions. So let's break this down. Active listening, at what point does it occur? Present. When you're creating something, what point does it occur? Present. When you're creating value, Present. When you uncover the coaching moment, present. When you're creating breakthroughs, okay? When you're exercising your process, when your process-driven, not result-driven, lives in the present. So final question, I want you to think about what you can miss with both eyes on your future goal. And that's why we need to shift from what's now to what's next. And I'll share with you a really quick story um, that happened. Uh, gosh, my my oldest is a god twenty four. Oh my gosh, and my twins. Uh, gosh, they're out of the house. They're on their own. Uh, they're ten years old. Uh, are you guys listening and paying attention? No, they're they're sophomores in college. And um, I remember, you know, talking to my son and. We have these very philosophical conversations and i was sh- and, and at that point um i think he was around 10 years old and we were we were driving I, I just got home after a week of travel uh and uh left monday came back friday uh, i landed in jfk airport got home a little earlier than normally it was raining outside and uh i go inside to grab my wife give her a big kick kiss and a hug uh, I grabbed my kids, give them a big kiss and a hug. My wife said, hey, we haven't gone out for dinner yet. Would you like to go out for dinner as a family? And I said, absolutely. So uh, it took a few minutes to change and dress and clean up. And the next thing you know, we are in my uh, truck and we are driving to my children's favorite restaurant. And as we're driving, the the, um, the rain is beginning to subside. Now, here I am with the most important four people in my life. And I am not with them. Because just like when that plane lands, what does every single person do? They whip out their phone and they start checking their texts and emails. Uh, And listen, I'm human too. We just were disconnected for six hours. And then here I am in the taxi and I'm doing the same thing. I'm thinking about what happened while I was away and did I achieve my client's expectations. I'm thinking about the work that I miss. I'm thinking about the work that I have to catch up to. And I'm all stuck in my mind. And the same thing continued and perpetuated while I was with my family. And I'm thinking, okay, what did I do uh, in in California? I have follow-up to do. I have tons of emails. I have to get this information out to another client. Oh, I have another seminar next week. I am in the past. I am in the present. I am in the future. But I am certainly not focusing in the moment. And I hear my kids laughing and giggling and having a nice conversation. And we pull into the restaurant. And all of a sudden, my son says, Daddy, daddy, look out the window. There's a rainbow. And just like that, my son, 10 years old, smacked me right back into reality. Everything to children is such a miracle. They're like sponges. Everything is new. But then we get older and we treat these daily miracles as just another day in the office. And when he said that, I looked out the window and I saw this beautiful rainbow, every color of the spectrum. And we started talking about that. And then we moved into a silly conversation about, so guys, um, where do you think the rainbow starts and where do you think it ends? And um, Oh, oh, and by the way, um, do you think there's a leprechaun at at the end of the rainbow uh, with a pot of gold? And of course my younger daughter, who's the little leader of the pack says, daddy, why are you saying a leprechaun is at the end of the rainbow? And by the way, the leprechaun may not be green. It might be a different color. It could be red, blue, brown, a hazel. Oh, and by the way, maybe the leprechaun isn't a man. Maybe it's a woman. And maybe there's not a pot of gold, uh, but a pot of kisses. I was fully present and engaged with my family. And that's what I want for you. Being present is not easy but I don't want for you to turn around and live in regret. And this is something we need not only for a life lesson, but to be fully present and engaged with the people we're talking about. So keep in mind, there's a duality here. Of course, we're mindful of the future. There are your goals. They're not going anywhere. But then bring yourself back into the moment because that's where life happens. So now that we talked about the inner game, we're going to move into more of the strategic uh, communication and strategies of great leaders and maybe take a minute or so why communication fails. So here's the typical model of communication I see with leaders or salespeople. Someone approaches them. Okay. Um, hey, can I help you? Okay. What do they do? Here's what you need to do. Typical chief problem solver. Okay. Now, The manager has to roll something out. They have to implement change. They have to address what might be a challenging conversation around performance or hygiene or relationships or toxic attitudes, Uh, any of those things that many managers might consider to be a difficult conversation. But I am here to tell you that there is no such thing as a difficult conversation. So most time, most of the time when people or companies are initiating a change, the managers go to their team and they say, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. Now, of course, the first reaction to your team is, well, why? Well, because here's what you need to do. And here's what I want, replies the manager. And by the way, this is coming from the top. Okay, well. You could tell them what they need to do and they want to keep their job, they'll do it. But that individual, your team has no idea of the why, what's in it for them, okay? So how do we then create greater uh, motivation when it comes to communication, okay? Okay. Here it is. I will give you the number one reason right now so you don't have to sit and bang your head for hours or days why people aren't bought into your change. It's one reason. When intentions aren't clear, people default to fear. Okay? If I sent you an email and in the subject line it says, call me ASAP and I'm your boss, what's your first reaction? It's not, I want to see how great my boss is going to tell me I am. It's going to be, uh uh-oh, what did I do wrong? Did I just lose the deal? Did someone get terminated? Am I going to be put on a performance improvement plan? The human default file is fear. And that's why great companies recognize the need to train managers and salespeople on new conversations uh, with their team and customers that connect people on a deeper personal and more meaningful way This session is about how great leaders communicate Well, that means changing your mindset and the language you're using Because when you change the conversation you change the outcome So while most managers will say this is what we're doing and this is um This is exactly what I was told we have to do. What if the manager shared, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is what's in it for you. And here is a simple model of enrollment simplified. Managers are really good at saying, here's what we're doing. But they drop the ball when they're talking about the why. Why we're doing it and the benefit to that person. It's two steps you're missing, okay? You might have people engage again because they wanna keep their job, but what kind of exponential output do you think you're gonna get from them? Passion, satisfaction, okay? Commitment, accountability? No, they're just gonna go through the motions. And then we wonder why people are reluctant to change. But now it's here's why we're doing it, The why, oh, now I understand, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, and here's what's in it for you. So if you're able to take this on, the benefit for you that you'll realize is X, Y, and Z. So now what you're doing is this. Here are your business objectives. Here are the uh, person's core values, goals, and priorities. What if you can align your business objectives with each person's goals, priorities, and values. That's how you create alignment. That's how you create buy-in. That's how you build accountability because now each person is saying, oh, if I do this and hit my number, I'm going to achieve this personally. Now they see the value and what's in it for them. So I want to take the last 20 minutes or so that we have Uh, Taking the time to define the five conversations great leaders master. Now, you'll notice that there might be a couple of conversations that you're thinking, wait a second, Keith. uh, How do I hold people accountable? Um, How do I break down departmental silos? Uh, How do I enroll people in coaching? Well, on my last two LinkedIn live sessions, I cover those and I didn't want to be redundant on this one. So let's dive into these five conversations. Number one. Well, this one might become as a shock to you. We talk about it all the time. Oh, well, coaching isn't about coaching our employees. A true coaching culture means you're coaching your peers, your coworkers, your boss and people in other departments. That's the secret to breaking down departmental silos. Okay, so why do people need to coach up to their manager? Well, let's think about this for a second. Let's say you have a manager and um, their style of management isn't really a fit for you. Now, you can wait until that manager realizes that it's not a fit for you, but you might be waiting your whole career. Okay, so in this opportunity, this is why coaching up is so critical, because sometimes you need to tell people what you want, what you need, even how you like to be acknowledged, motivated, held accountable and coached. Why? For one simple reason. It's hard to recognize the needs of others if it's something that we're not getting ourselves. So if I'm a leader and I'm not getting the coaching support uh, that I need, it's very difficult for me to recognize the needs of others, which is why coaching up is about putting it in your proverbial court so you can take the initiative and coach up to your boss in a way where they would be receptive now i know this might sound a little scary okay Well, if you want me to coach up what's gonna happen if i coach up and they don't like what i say or i get fired or terminated no, no 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 that's you going to fear now let's talk about what it would sound like if you enrolled your manager in how you wanted to be managed motivated supported to and coached now Again, I didn't fill up all these slides with templates. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end of the session, I'm going to paste uh, a few links and these links will take you to the full blown handout where I have every single template that I'm talking through. So you have it as a playbook that you can use to ensure that you're communicating like a sales leader that you can be. So what would it sound like if we were coaching up? Well, we always want to use that wanting for statement. Now, if you're familiar with my work, wanting for statement is language that takes a stand for someone. Now, the reason why I didn't put the templates in here is because I want for you to see that the greatest coaches don't coach from their head, they coach from their heart. So when i ask a, a uh, uh an employee or a manager you know if you were to coach up to your manager what would it sound like and they would say keith i don't know i don't and they're all stuck in their head i'll say wait a second time out what does your heart say And they say well you know what i want for you boss what i want for the company is for us to all reach our goals and i know that i'm fully committed to doing so and that's why i'd love to talk to you about Ways where you can make sure you get the best productivity out of me uh, through coaching, support, motivation, and how I like to be held accountable. Would you be open to having that conversation so we can line around that so you can get the best out of me? Now, again, guys, I just rifted that. It came from my heart. Would anyone say no to that? Of course not. Okay, what about the accountability partnership? Here's the second conversation that managers struggle with that they do not have to. Stop banging your head against the wall and trying to figure out what motivates people and holds them accountable. Three things to hold people accountable. You ready? Here we go. And again, the language is not gonna be in in this PowerPoint, folks. I'm sending you a separate PowerPoint with all the templates. So don't worry about feverishly scribbling down because that was the whole point of me not including it. I didn't want to compete with these slides. So what is an accountability partnership? How do you hold people accountable? Number one, by asking questions. So what would they sound like? Well, Mr. and Mrs. Employee, how can I be um, your best accountability partner in a way that will enable you to achieve your goals without you feeling like I'm micromanaging you. Time out. Anyone here wouldn't want to answer that question? And notice, I didn't say, how do you want me to hold you accountable? I said, how do you want me to be your accountability partner? Okay, they make the rules, they own it. Second question, how do you want me to follow up with you if you don't honor the commitments you make? How do you want me to bring this up? What would it sound like? Again. You're not making the rules. If you were my manager, okay, I would say, hit me right between the eyes, boss. Tell me what I did wrong. Um, Tell me where I messed up and I will go do it. I like to be managed that way. Maybe you do too. Most people don't. And if you manage it that way, you're now managing in your own image. And I have heard countless times when managers say, well, Keith, when I do that, I have made people cry. Ow. So, second question is again, how do you want me to follow up? Let them set the rules and how to bring it up. So, those are the first two questions. And those are great, but how do you call people out? How do you get permission? To call people out immediately in a way where they understand your good intention. Well, what if you create a partnership? So you have question one, you have question two, question three. Hey, how about we create an accountability partnership? Basically, what this means is if either of us fall back in uh, old toxic ways that are going to get in the way of uh, us achieving our goal or building our personal brand, we both have the opportunity to call each other out because we know that both of us are coming from good intentions are you open to having that and building that partnership you brought everything home now so now managers don't have to live in fear and worry about oh my god this is going to be a tough conversation or you know this is, i hate conflict you've set an agreement you now can call out your people like that without worrying about collateral damage cuz they know your intention, and it is reciprocated to support you as well. All right, here we go. Number three, eliminating company silos, but also rebuilding trust on or first impressions. Well, this one I wanted to put in here as a template because it was so short. I want you to consider leveraging this in a situation where, uh, a conversation may not have gone as well as you want or just like most organizations they have company silos and uh marketing has to play nice with sales and sales has to play nice with sales engineering and you know sales engineering has to play good with ops and ops has to play good with finance uh otherwise everyone's siloed and focusing on their own agenda so how can you reset and rebuild a relationship. So here's a template you can use. Approach the person and here's really strong language. Remember, leadership is a language. It's precise. You know, Jim, I was reflecting on our last conversation and I think I owe you an apology. I know we didn't see eye to eye um, and uh, to achieve the outcome that you were looking for. And that's why I wanted to apologize Uh, If I did anything that may have upset you or hurt our relationship. And that's why I can really use your help. Uh, I'm hoping we could hit the reset button on our relationship or conversation and design it in a way that's mutually beneficial. So you can hit your goals without the stress and I can support you the way you want me to. Guys, think about it. What if you use this? with someone that you might need to build or rebuild trust. Now, what if you use this if you went to someone else where there might be a disconnect or some rift in another department? Remember, when sales goes to marketing, they're going with their agenda. You have your agenda, but so does marketing. And that's why we have silos, because we crash and we don't respect other people's point of view. But notice this language here. I was reflecting back on our conversation. That's great language. I owe you an apology. You're going to grab people's attention like that. And I can really use your help. That is strong language. Think about the last time you asked someone for help and they said no. And finally, hoping to hit the reset button. You can do that in every conversation. Because hitting the reset button means you get to start over. And then you get to share the benefit, which is so we can all hit goals without the stress. So this is something that helps rebuild trust, break down company silos. And the really cool thing about it is I'm sure you've heard the expression, you never have a chance to make a second impression. I disagree. You always have a second chance to make a first impression. Because look at this template. If it didn't go right the first time, you can always go back. To reset it okay here we go number four when you're managed being remotely whether you have a hybrid team whether you have a fully remote team whether you have a team that's in the office all the time most companies don't train managers how to recognize and feel comfortable facilitating personal conversations Especially ones that you may feel are outside of the realm of compliance, comfort, or their career. Wait, is this HR HR compliant for me to have a personal conversation with my people? Yes, it is. If you're still managing and selling the way you did pre-pandemic, the way you are now, you're already set up for failure. Okay, The rules have changed. The, The dominant strategy for sales and leadership is care not metrics and hitting your goal that's the byproduct so take a look at this manager on the top and look at all of these people on the bottom during a te- during a uh, video conference do they look happy do they look engaged but yet the manager is not going to say anything to these people well what if instead of ignoring it the manager realizes you want to know what i'm going through something Everyone's going through something, and that includes our customers as well. So what kind of conversation can I create that would be more personalized to demonstrate care and to foster a deeper personal connection? Well, you're not going to do it talking about your products and service. You're going to do it talking about them. We have never had an opportunity like this before to have this level of exposure into people's homes and lives. than we did now. We need to leverage that. OK, so, uh, for example, if you're looking at someone like this gentleman in the bottom left hand corner, second in, uh, he has you can't even see the guy. He, he has just just mounds of of papers and books around him, probably hasn't worn the same, changed the same shirt, wearing it for the last week or two. You're going to tell me as a leader, you're just going to look at that person and say, hey, have a great day. This is your opportunity to start having a deeper conversation, which could sound like, hey, you know what? This has been a really tough year for a lot of people. And I know I've gone through a lot of things as well. Uh, I was hoping we could have more of a personal discussion Uh, because I could use some help around how I'm managing my day and my time to create a better life balance. And I was hoping we could have that dialogue where hopefully I can help you as well. Would you be open to that? There's the enrollment. There's how great leaders communicate. So what's going to follow then you're going to coach them. You're going to start asking questions and I'm just going to share a few of them for you. And again, I'm going to send you the template. Number one, what's working for you, what's not working for you? How are you turning off work at the end of the day so you can be present with your family? After all, your office might be here and your kitchen might be there, okay? How do you turn work off to be present? How are you honoring your self-care regimen? It's probably one of the things that people have dropped the most since the pandemic. And I can tell you now when I coach people on time management and I ask them, do you have a self-care regimen or a healthy uh, morning ritual in your in your uh, calendar? 99% of the people say no. Well, if you don't have the appointment, you don't have the commitment. And more than ever, we need to take care of ourselves better now than we ever have before, okay? What other questions can you ask? How do you stay connected to your family? and at the same time remain productive at work? How often would you like to connect with me so that you feel engaged and not isolated? These are the questions we've never asked our people. But these are the ones that create breakthroughs and build the relationships you want. Again, think about the statistics I shared earlier. There's a reason why there's an exodus of people leaving companies. Okay. So here we are, number five, doing great with time, everyone, thank you. And again, you'll be getting all these templates. This isn't about asking questions about how to uncover motivation, okay? This conversation is about after you've uncovered their motivation, um, how do you motivate them, not just during good times, because that's easy, but during challenging times. That's when managers struggle the most, okay? So motivation, how do you empower people? What does empower mean? What's the definition of empowerment? To give strength or power to someone. It doesn't mean you do their job. So how do you motivate people? You align their business goals with their personal goals, values, and priorities, this stimulates self-motivation and accountability so many times if ever now i'm going to tell you right now chances are if you haven't had the conversation about what are your key motivators core values and priorities with each person on your team i am looking you in the eye and saying you have no clue what motivates them you're assuming it call me challenge me email me if you like okay so then how do we motivate people during difficult times? Well, now let's assume what we know what their values are, we know what their goals are, okay? Uh, and we know what their priorities are, right? And during challenging times, what happens is, let's paint a picture that you did actually have that conversation and pulled out their goals, their priorities, uh, and, their, and their core values. When someone is is lacking motivation, chances are whenever we have that conversation, whether it was during the interview process or onboarding process, it gets filed away and never looked at again. This is the time to keep this in front of not only your line of vision, but your people's line of vision as well, because this is really speaking to what I mentioned earlier about enrollment. When people are struggling, they need the reminder of why they're doing what they're doing, okay? And beyond that is if they need to live their values and they're not, you will feel off. Let me give you a definition of integrity. Integrity does not always mean honesty. It could mean honesty for you, but integrity is what we do to make ourselves feel whole and feel complete. Okay, so integrity is a reflection of your core values. So for me personally, my core values are adventure, making an impact, extreme self-care, love, connection, creativity, family. I can keep going. My point is this. If you ever wake up or you're going through a week and you're just feeling off, I guarantee you, and here is another simple strategy for you to find the immediate gap, just like if you enroll someone and they're not bought in, the immediate gap is you didn't enroll them well. Okay, If people are feeling off, ask them, what values aren't you honoring? I guarantee if you look at their values, there are things that they will not be honoring. Maybe it's time with their family, maybe it's self-care, but those are core values of theirs. So let me say that in a different way. If you are not honoring your core values, which is a full expression of who you are, you're out of your integrity. Because integrity is what makes you whole and complete. So when you wanna make motivate people during difficult times, keep their dreams and goals, In front of them so here we are ready to wrap up let's bring this home think about this based on we discussed what is the primary objective of leadership okay when you wake up in the morning what question are you asking yourself are you asking yourself how am I going to get my team to achieve my business objectives and sales goals today Well, if you're doing that, you're already coming from a result-driven, fear-based process. And guess where you're living? In the future. The question you want to ask yourself when you wake up is, what do I need to do to make my people more valuable today than they were yesterday? That's focusing on their vision, company vision, core values both both of company values and that individual's values and your primary objective of leadership is to make your people more valuable every day so remember the good news is change starts with you it's all in your power so to wrap this point home and thank you everyone for being right on time i i hope the five minutes up front gave you a few minutes extra to get off the other meeting you had and get on this meeting uh because probably the most common words i hear is oh keith i'm so sorry that i'm late for this meeting the other meeting was running a few minutes late i'm sure no one's ever said or heard that before is my sarcasm translating Okay, well, listen, this being our last LinkedIn Live session for the year, I have some special bonuses just for those who have taken the time to invest in themselves to be here for the session. Number one, as I mentioned before, you're going to get this entire presentation, but on steroids because I'm including all the templates. I will keep you posted, I will send you the link. It will be on this thread so come back to this recorded session the link will be on the thread okay that's number one number two i also have some bonuses i'd like to share with you number one if this is something you feel that could benefit not only you but your team or your company because it's the end of the year and the holiday season and many companies are still struggling I am sharing and providing a free one-hour sales and leadership event, Q&A, where we focus on your timely issues and goals so that at the end of that hour, your people are inspired, motivated, actually have tools to execute, and are begging for more. So it'd be my pleasure to put that together for you. Just email me at keithr at keithrosen.com. Couple of other benefits. Uh, number one, number two, I am offering everyone my free course. I am offering everyone here my free course, transformational leadership, which is on Udemy. Okay, uh, depending on a few other things, I might even be be able to get you my free LinkedIn uh, course, which is how to build a thriving culture. So. Wrapping up here. Remember, let's connect on LinkedIn. Let's connect on Twitter. I'm always posting new content. You're going to have a ton of resources being sent to you. Uh, Again, the link will be uh, in on this uh, recording as well as I will post it uh, uh, so that you have it. If you didn't get it, feel free to send me an email. And take advantage of my books on Amazon. Right now, I think they're all like 50% off. Still the number one to 10 sales leadership coaching books for the last 10 years. Uh, I hope you read that or if not, heard it. Uh, and I guess I have a final question for you. There are three rabbits sitting on a log. How many rabbits decide to jump off? One. Zero. Because there's a difference between deciding and doing. We can all decide that this is exactly what we need to master to to communicate like the elite leader that we know we can. But then we can end this call and go right back to being result driven, cheap problem solver that we're so used to. If you've been managing for such a long time or if not, and you're right handed, I'm tying your right hand behind your back and forcing you to right lefty. Give it time. Keep the frameworks in front of you. Heck, send your your employees what you're learning. It just builds even more trust. So to end this session, uh, I hope that this gave you the tools and the resources to change the conversation so you're getting the results you want. And as you can see, that's why there's no such thing as a difficult conversation. Because when you change the way you communicate, you change the way people hear you, and how they feel and what determines how people feel, how you communicate with them. So I look forward to hearing about your successes and wins. Please again, feel free to contact me, LinkedIn, Twitter, any questions on my books, free courses uh, and handbook, you're gonna get it from this session. And I wish you the happiest and healthiest, uh, peaceful, meaningful holiday season And a wonderful new year. Remember, I'm always here in your corner to support you. If you need anything now or for the new year, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Until then, keep on coaching. And I wish you all extreme success. Take care.